Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Isn't that good? Man, I love that. And that's just one of the, one of the supported missions that we have here uh, that we've been supporting Abigail for some time now, and uh, we're going to have a chance to hear more from Susan Meyer and the house mother and, and all those. This coming Wednesday, we hope that you'll be out and be a part of that. Uh, we have uh, a good time, and I'm grateful to our pastors for allowing us the opportunity to still have a month where we really put an enhanced focus on our missions for, for that time, but what I want you to do is get into your mind that this isn't just September that we do this. This is all year long that these people need help, they need support, they need our prayers, and I know a lot of you are doing that, and I want to thank you for that. This year, we're going to be adding a few new missions. When I say this year, it really kicks off in 2018, but September is when we're able to introduce this to everybody. And one of the new missions, as you saw the four names go up there at the very beginning, one is Compassion Pregnancy Service. We're going to partner with them this year. We got our missions committee together. We we talked about some things, and we're going to be able to work with Compassion Pregnancy, and you're going to have a chance to hear from them this month also on a Wednesday night. We hope that you'll come out and be a part of that. Along with Compassion, we're also going to add Community Hands, or I'm sorry, Commission to Every Nation is a change. They're, they're new. That is the Esquivels. The Esquivels. The Cortezes. The Esquivels are so intricately intertwined with them because of all of the trips that they've done with them. And we're going to have a trip this year uh, coming up and next summer with Commission to Every Nation. We're going to go back to Ecuador. Night Angels is also an organization that we're going to begin to support, and we're bringing on, and we're going to just love to work with that. You know them. This is uh, Mel and Twyla Baggett's organization, and uh, so we're looking forward to being able to partner with them. They have just added to what that ministry of uh, reaching out to those who are in the human trafficking world, and uh, they have brought on education part of it. They are getting into all different kinds of areas, from medical to schools to universities. They're just doing such a great job, and you're going to get a chance to hear from them also this coming Wednesday night. And uh, so come on out. Be a part of all that's going on and be a part of what's happening. We need you to be with us on Wednesday nights. If you can help us, we've got a table in the lobby. If you can help volunteer in any capacity from setting up to cleaning up to um, bringing in food, we could really use that. You know, we're good at eating here in the church, and we want you to come eat with us. And if you could bring something with you, it'll be great. This week, Wednesday night, we're calling it our American night. So, you know, all that great, well, all that food we as Americans love, we're going to have a lot of that on Wednesday night. So come out at 6.15, we'll begin serving food, and at 7 o'clock, our service will begin. There, there is no cost, but we sure want you to be praying, and I'm going to just throw it out there right now. Start praying, if you will, for this month. At the end of the month, we're going to talk about it a lot more, but start praying and asking the Lord, how can you make what, what contribution can you make to the support of these missions and missionaries in the next year? So I hope that you'll be 
a part of that, and we hope that you'll come out and make sure you stop by the table. Tonight, or tonight, this morning, this morning I want to talk to you, and, and that video I thought was so excellent to just show the idea of relationships. I want to talk about relationships and, and how important they are, and uh, have you, do you have very many healthy relationships in your life? I hope you could say, yeah, I've got a number of those, or, or are you one of those that find relationships with people to be stressful, problematic, or maybe really hard? Because you know what? It takes all kinds of different personalities, and it takes all kinds of different people, and we have all those different styles and all those different kinds, but see, what I want to do is continually work towards making the relationships that I have to be more joyful, more refreshing, and more beneficial, not only to myself, but to those that I have relationship with. Amen? I hope that that's where you want to target, and here's another question that I have for you. Have you ever been a recipient of one of those phrases... Wow, they really do have a great sense of humor. Or how about, they sure do come from a good family. Or this one that I've heard, why they sure have a great personality. You know, kind of a, well, what about the person? What about who I am? What about who you are? And not disguise it, these things about, let's talk about each other. Let's talk to people. People are such an important part and a relevant part of our lives. I don't really know how many of us here this morning could imagine being all alone with nobody else around. How many would thrive in that type of a setting? I'm sure some of you may, if you were not here among a bunch of people, you might raise your hand and say, I could do that. I think some of us, to some degree, maybe even try to do that at times to a fault. And we've all seen the movies, we've probably all seen that, I, I can't remember the name of the movie, but it's Tom Hanks, FedEx. You know, with the Wilson, right? The volleyball or whatever it was. And he couldn't wait to get back to where people were. And I think that's the way it should be because people are incredible in our lives. Let me do a test with you real quick. Pay attention. Easy to miss what you're not looking for, right? Am I right? How many saw the walking bear the very first time? How many missed it? Come on, I want honesty with hands. I even showed this to my wife the other day after we'd been, well, I didn't talk about it very much, but she says, I knew I was looking for something and I missed it. It's easy to miss. It's easy to miss what we're not looking for. So here's my question to you. Do you think you would have been one to follow Jesus when he was on the earth, would you have been one that would have been following him? Or do you think you might have been one that could have missed him? You know, he came from a carpenter's home, it tells us in scripture. And he was from Bethlehem and he was teaching people, but he wasn't known to have been taught or be a rabbi, if you will. But he always seemed to have a crowd around him. And see, when we look at the life of Jesus, see, he was a master he was a master with relationships. He seemed to get along really with everybody except for maybe the real religious people because he really took it to them. But he was able to sit down with all kinds of people in all different settings and was able to make an impact 
with those people. I think most of us here in this place today would rank healthy relationships as very high, high on the list of important things in life. Except for following Jesus Christ and, and having eternal life, healthy relationships really make life enjoyable, I think perhaps more than anything else. Even if your health isn't the best, if you have a loving relationship, boy, can that get you along. You can have a boatload of money, a pile of money, but if you don't have relationships with people, I, I wouldn't mind giving it a chance, but what's the point? Because if all your relationships are broken, if they're all shallow, if, if your life is really empty of relationship, what's the point? A poor man from a loving family and good friends is far richer than the richest man who has poor relationships. And I think we all can agree on that. I hope you can. I hope you do. The Bible considers healthy relationships as incredibly important in our life. In Mark 12, when, when a Jewish religious expert asked Jesus, of all the commandments, what is the most important? Jesus responded with this in Mark 12, 29 through 31. He said, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your mind and all of your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. How important is a loving relationship with God? He says next to him, it's incredibly important, right? It's the most important thing after your relationship with Jesus Christ. And the Bible is all about how important these relationships are because the Bible emphasizes healthy relationships so highly. I find it very sad and I find it very hard sometimes when, when there are so many, and that, this is in the believing community, those that are believers of Jesus Christ that have hurting or broken relationships. Many Christian homes have been shattered by divorce or they have been broken in other ways. Some, some stay married, but, but they're very unhappy. It's a very unhealthy home or homes have become more of a battleground than a place of refuge where you want to go to. I can say when the day is done, I love going to my home. How about you? I love going to my home and, and getting into those places where I know that I'm going to be greeted in a great way. I'm going to have somebody there that's, I always, and I'm incredibly blessed, I have a wife that is there most of the time. If, if there's not uh, something specific happening, most of the time I walk through the door, she's already got a meal either being prepared or ready for me. I'm blessed. And I'm patting my wife on the back at the same time. But it's just so good. There's not this 
angst. There's not this fight. Matter of fact, my dog even can't believe it when I get home, you know? This old thing that has so many issues is just still so happy to me, and I'm not even nice to it. You know, it's, it's the most ridiculous thing. But understands the value. Even my dog, I think, can understand the value of a good relationship with its owner. Many Christian parents can be at odds with their children or their children at odds with their parents. Young folks, if I could say it, get over it. Old folks, if I could tell you, get over it. Let's start loving each other for who we are and looking at each other for where we are in life and enjoy that stage of life. It comes to churches. There's people that are bouncing from church to church, leaving a trail of damaged relationships wherever they go. I know of some Christians who won't even speak to other Christians because of misunderstandings, because of hurt feelings. (coughs) Excuse me, hurt feelings and, and wrongs that have taken place in the past. And have never got past that. Sadly, the loving families, the genuine friendships and healthy relationships that we want most out of life, a lot of times will elude elude us. But if I can help, and I hope I can help, by going to the Word, and I want to look at what I think is Paul's prescription for healthy relationships. It's in Colossians 3. Colossians 3, verses 12 through 13 says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people. Okay, now let's just stop there for just a second. He's not just throwing this out to everybody, right? This is very specific to whom? To God's chosen people. Is that you sitting in this seat today? I hope that's you. If not, make sure you make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior before you leave. We can talk about that in a minute. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with this, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Why did he have to bring up patience? But he did, right? Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another and forgive as the Lord forgave you. If you will really work and constantly work to practice these qualities, I'm pretty convinced that the relationships that we have with each other will be healthy. Now, the problem is, is in the world that we live, it's not always easy to be compassionate, to be kind, to be humble, or gentle, you don't know where I shop. You don't know the places that I go to. You don't know the people that I have to encounter every time I go through this. How can I be patient with them? But maybe you're thinking, but healthy relationships always depend on others, don't they? Well, You might even say it's virtually impossible to have good relationships with some people. Do I like everybody that I meet? Probably not 
like everybody that I meet. I do my best to get along with them, right? Paul acknowledged that when he wrote this in Romans 12 and 18. He wrote, if possible, if it's possible, as far as it depends on who, you live at peace with everyone. Wow. Lord, I don't, I don't know if that is actually realistic. Again, you don't know the people that we come into contact with. You don't know what... Yes, he does know. We've got to understand he walked on this earth. He was around people. He understands people. He understands the way that we are. The thing is, is that we have to begin to allow him to start molding and shaping us into what he wants us to be and not always what we think we ought to be. Sometimes, no matter what you do, some people are just going to be hard to get along with. That's fine. They can be hard. But you know what? As much as it depends on you, be at peace with them. Be compassionate towards them. Be humble towards them. The person will change for the better when they see how you relate to them. The idea is if some relationships never improve, if we rise up to do the right thing, if we look at what Paul's word tells us in Colossians, if we begin to relate to others as Paul describes, most of our relationships will be healthy relationships. God's gracious and his loving treatment of us if you can get this, I'm fogging up. <laughs> Can't see out of my glasses. God's graciousness for us and his loving treatment of us is the basis of how we should treat others. None of us deserved anything that Jesus gave us, but he still gave himself. Amen? He still went to that cross so that you and I could experience a relationship with him. The Bible gives us three different types of groups whom we're supposed to love. We're supposed to love one another as brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, a community of believers. I hope we do that pretty well. I hope we can do that. John 13 talks about that. But we're also supposed to love our neighbors. And there's a great story in Luke 10 called the Great Samaritan, or the Good Samaritan, where it answers a lot of questions about, well, who's my neighbor? It's the one that's in need. The one that's in need of a Savior. It doesn't matter if they're a foreigner. It doesn't matter if they're an unbeliever, right? They are in need. And I understand if they're not a believer, they're in need of a Savior, but it, I'll just leave it at that. And finally, just to be very explicit, the Bible commands us, Jesus' words commanded even his followers to love their enemies in Luke 6. Jesus never told us that we could love our fellow believers or neighbors or our enemies when it's safe and when it's convenient. He simply commanded us 
to love them. And if we could keep that idea of what Jesus did for us and the attitude that he loved you and me with, it will help us love others in such a greater way. The very practical side of this, it means that the disciples of Jesus serve others sacrificially. They forgive those who wrong them. They seek ways to do good to other people, even if those people could be an enemy. And when I say enemy, I'm not trying to get into a whole lot of different scenarios, but those that are against the cross, we're just going to say. They commit themselves. We need to commit ourselves in a special way to to the believers that are in the church. We need each other. I hope that because next week is a, a picnic, that you don't make other plans instead of being at the picnic. You know, we need that picnic time together. We need to be with each other. We need to laugh with each other. You know, how much do we really get to know people in the rows that we sit in? Sit in? Probably not nearly as well as if you're in a Sunday school class or if you're sitting more in a circle. We need each other, and that's a great time when we have our picnic next week to get in, a, in an area that's outside of the row that we all sit in and look the same direction and begin to start looking people in the eye and having a relationship with them and talking with them and learning about them and start letting those glasses get put on our face, maybe not for necessarily just the believers in in, in this place, but for all those people that we come into contact. Can you imagine if, if the Lord started, he's been messing with me since I saw that a few weeks ago and I've been working through this because it's all of a sudden like, Lord, I don't want to look at them through the eyes that I would normally look at people, which may be not at all. I, I'm going to make a confession here. I was walking up and down the streets at Romeo yesterday at the Peach Festival. My wife and I were walking along and we're just going along and finally two people stepped right in front of us and stopped us. Said, well, you know you. I would have so easily walked past them because I was on a mission to walk through town and see all the different things. And it was like, boom, again, right in my face yesterday. It's like, stop and start looking at people. So the first store that my wife and I go into yesterday... We're looking at some antiques, and I could care less about antiques if you want to know the truth. But my wife wanted to go, so I was trying to be a good husband, and we worked our way into the back of this store, and guess what we run into? A tarot card reading. (laughs) Now, it was polite. I was polite. I didn't say anything. But in the worst way inside of me, and I probably didn't do the right thing the more I think about it, but I I wanted to stop and say, really? You're going to let this lady pull these cards out? She pulled out the one that was the sun. Oh, it's such a good card. It just means so many. Get outside and get in the sun, and you'll see how good it is. For crying out loud, don't let, you know, I just, and I, I battled it a little bit in my mind, and I wanted to say something, and I didn't, but... Let's take time to notice and get involved and see people. They're seeking the craziest things to try and find answers to what will help them in their life. 
but they're not seeking what the real answer is a lot of times. And you know what? It's in you. It's in me. And let's quit being ashamed or afraid or nervous about sharing what he's put inside of us. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. We've got the answers. We've got the, the answers that can help people out. I understand some may want to fight you and some may want to say you're nuts or whatever else, but you know what? You, I, I've used it. I said, but you don't know the peace that I have. You don't know the joy that I have. You don't know the comfort that I have because of what my Savior's done to me. You can argue it and you can fight it all you want, but I'll tell you what, I'm at peace. And I can see you're not because of what you're looking for. Tarot cards? Come on. Come on. It's missions month. It's missions month. I don't want to just talk about some missions this month and and then when September's over, we forget about it. I want this to be on our heart and our mind. And, And this is truly a mission attitude, to be able to look at people and see them for who they are and allow them to share their story with you and with me. Everybody, everyone sitting in a seat this morning has a story. Are we willing to listen to it? Are we willing to take the time to hear it? This is a mission that is both local and global. Just like what we do with our, our funds that we, that we bring in, that this church has been so excellent over the last number of years so to be able to continue to support all the missions that we have. And I will tell you this, every year since I've been blessed to be able to be in this position, we have seen it maintain and increase every single year since I've been here for, I'm not even sure what year it was, I want to say like, 2010, it's just been building every year. So God bless you in that. I ask, and again, I said, ask the Lord what you would be able to to give. I will say this. As, As I wrote in my notes, I made a note here to say, I understand that the Lord has given some people a gifting to deal with those that are maybe unbelievers, those that are questioning and all that. And they have just an unbelievable, great evangelistic attitude, spirit. The words just seem to flow from them. And for those of us that don't feel like that, that it just doesn't flow for me like it does for others, that doesn't give us the right or the the privilege to not say anything. Because see, In the scripture, it tells us that we're all supposed to go out. We're all supposed to take this message of the gospel, no matter where we go and no matter who we're with. It's called the Great Commission, and it's supposed to be done at home, and it's supposed to be done around the world. You need to figure out maybe what area you're in. Maybe, it, maybe you're just starting to grow in this and you're starting to say, yep, I'm getting more confident. I'm getting more sure of who I am in Christ. And it is time that I can start sharing here very locally. Maybe it's your next door neighbor. Maybe it's in your office. Maybe it's your family, whatever it may be. And it can grow from there because scripture tells us that you do it at home and then you work abroad. Not everybody that needs to hear the gospel message is going to walk through our front doors. Matter of fact, the majority of the people that need to hear the message are not going to walk through our front doors. 
So I think it takes it more of a challenge for each and every one of us to take it upon us to say, once we exit these doors, now I got to start doing the work that I'm called to do. And the work that he's called you to do will not even be work at all if you keep Jesus Christ at the front of it and you can continue to keep him going at all that you do. And the more you do it, the more comfortable it'll become and the more it'll be just like who you are and it won't seem like work at all. That's why he's given us his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit isn't just to make us feel good or to give us the fizzies. Remember that? I remember somebody coming up here one time. The fizzies, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you kind of feel these fizzies. You know what I'm talking about, right? You kind of start feeling good. No, that's not what it's all about. It's to make us witnesses in this world today. Romans 10, 13 through 15 says this, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him unless uh, call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is what the scriptures say. How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. We have all been charged by Jesus Christ himself through the word of saying, go out and take this message to those that are around you. We need to do, as our title screen and our title slide comes up, we need to reach our neighbors. We need to reach the world that we live in. I'm going to ask our deacons and our elders to take their place this morning because we're going to have an opportunity of communion this morning. And oh my, oh my, what an example of relationship we've been given in this. Our communion service is open to all who profess in Jesus as the Lord and the Savior of your life. And we want everyone to be able to participate. But parents, I'm going to ask you if your child is young and has not been trained to fully understand what this sacrament is all about, that you would ask them to withhold from taking the, the bread and the cup until they're taught. Until they're taught and we can teach them and we'd love to be able to do that with you. But for the rest of us that have made them, Lord, this is a privilege that we are able to sit in this place. It says in uh, 1 Corinthians 11, it says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat the bread and you drink the cup, and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So whenever, so then, whoever eats the bread or drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. So everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. And that's why many among you are weak and sick and a number have fallen asleep. But if 
we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not finally be condemned with the world. Just ask that you take the bread and you'll hold it till everybody is served, and then we'll take time to pray over that, and then a cup will follow right after. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that you give us in your word to examine ourselves. Father, that we are not in a place where things that don't belong in this vessel have crept in or have been allowed to to filter into our lives. So Father, right now, I just ask that you work on each and every one individually in this place, Lord, that our minds are clear, our conscience is clear before our God and before our fellow man. That as we take what you've done for us in this bread, Lord, you allowed your body to be broken. You willingly gave up yourself to fulfill what your Father called you to do. And to be that sacrifice that not only covered, but no, it removed sin from us. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for all that you did for us on the cross, Lord God, and and your willing sacrifice and, and showing us the example, Lord God, that those that weren't even looking for you, Lord, you did this for them. And Father, we all are here today holding this bread and calling upon your name because of what you did for us. Bless this bread to our bodies, Lord. Bless this as we take it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and eat. How many here can say, I can be a better relationship builder? I can even be a better relationship receiver. And if we do it, again, as Paul asked us to do it, with the compassion, with the humility, the patience, we've got to trust that we'll continue to ask him to just help us in those places of our life. Because what he did for us through giving himself on that cross, through giving us this eternal life that we're all able to share, Nobody takes my life, but I willingly lay it down for them. I hope this morning that if you're in this place, that you're hearing a message that is saying, there's somebody that loves me so deeply, way more than any one person can do, any more, way more than any one family can do. He gave everything for us. He sacrificed and gave everything for us, even to the point of his body and his blood being shed for us. Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you did on the cross, Lord, in giving us the opportunity to be able to share in new life, in a redeemed life, through what you did 
So Lord, as we now take this cup and we remember what it represents, that it removes our sin from us. Those things that cause us to fall short before you, Lord, it can remove that from us and put us in right standing with you. Thank you, Father, for that. Thank you now for this cup. We ask that you bless it to each and everyone in Jesus' name. Amen. Drink ye all of it in the name of the Lord. Father, we thank you for this time. I thank you for this congregation, Lord, these people that come week after week. Lord, we're here to worship, to love you. Thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity where we've been in your presence. I ask that, Lord God, as we leave this place, that it just doesn't end when we say amen this morning. But, Lord, you continue to take the scriptures. You continue to take the words that we've heard, Lord God, that, that they will resonate in our ears. They will resonate in our hearts. And that, Lord, it's something that we can use through this week, that we can use through this time, Lord. If we are at gatherings today or tomorrow for, for the holiday, Lord God, let it begin to sink inside of us and see how do we do with our relationship with others? How do we love? How do we care? How do we nurture? How do we um, listen? Lord, I ask that it would all be about how we will honor you in the way that we deal with others that are around us. Help us build relationships, Lord, that honor you. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We thank you for this time of, of singing and worship and praise, the word, the communion service. Lord, it's all to your glory. And use us, Lord, as instruments. Use us as tools. That as we leave these doors this morning, that we understand that, Father, we're just beginning our week and what we can do. Lord, thank you for this recharging of, of who we are in you at this time. And Lord, take us in the way that you would have us to go. If you raise your hands, let me bless you this morning. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you this weekend.